Thanks for downloading this Watershed podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove, Head of Programme here at Watershed, and along with my team responsible for putting together the cinema programme. This podcast will give you more of an insight into the forthcoming film selection, the reasons we get fired up about the cinema we screen, and maybe some interesting diversions into the world of film, culture and the big wide world. In film parlance, a backstory, if you like. First up is Kevin MacDonald's The Last King of Scotland. I have to declare an interest here, as the title and my accent might give away. I first became aware of Giles Fodden's novel when it came out a good few years ago, and at the time thought it was a documentary account about a young Scottish doctor who befriended Idi Amin in Uganda in the 1970s. When the film was surfacing last year on the festival circuit and I discovered that it was directed by Touching the Void director Kevin MacDonald, it reinforced my misguided perception that it was a documentary account. What it is, is based on the real dictator and a brilliant, terrifying dramatisation of power and paranoia. The acting by Forrest Whitaker as the increasingly unstable dictator will go down as one of the great performances, I think, of all time. And that is not overstatement, trust me. If there's any justice, he should walk away with an Oscar. My own interest in the film and the story of The Last King of Scotland goes back to the 1970s and the time when Amin reigned. I was at primary school in Barhead, a new build, working-class enclave on the outskirts of Glasgow. The idea of foreign was Neilston, five miles up the road, or up Lamour, thoroughly exotic as it was indeed in the middle of a Scottish moor. Into my white working-class world came Rosario Vaz, an Asian lad who joined our school. The Vazes had moved into the neighbourhood, and rumours seeped into my 11-year-old brain that they had to flee Africa. I was only vaguely aware of news reports and the tyranny of Amin. When seeing The Last King of Scotland, I started thinking about the Vazis and what they must have had to go through, being thrown out of their home country as a result of Amin's racism, paranoia and standoff with Britain. And also what it must have been like for them, poor souls, to end up in Barhead. There's a story, and indeed a film, I think, in itself. I wonder if he and his family have seen The Last King of Scotland. The film itself runs at Watershed from Friday 12th of January to the 9th of February. Also opening that week is Philip Groening's Integrate Silence, most definitely a documentary. In the mid-1980s, director Groening approached the Carthusian Order of Monks to make a study of their lives. This particular order devote their life to God in the splendid, isolated monastery of Chartreuse near Grenoble in France. The response he got from the monks was to get back to them in 10 or 12 years maybe. Then in 2000, he got a call saying that they were ready. Running at just under three hours, Integrate Silence is a privileged insight into this most ascetic of lives. As a viewer, you have to give yourself over to the film in the same way the monks have given themselves over to God. In order to catch the rhythms and not be intrusive, Groening lived the monastic life for a number of months. The film is silent in the sense of no dialogue, except for the chanting during prayer, and it can only hint at the possibility of transcendence and revelation these monks try to achieve. To what end, one might ask, as we are faced with the harsh realities of the world around us, assaulting via print, broadcast, podcast indeed, there is something quite appealing about a group of people steadfastly sticking to a routine of contemplation and meditation, and the relationship with nature, which is natural and seasonal. They are indeed an example to us all. I watched it again coincidentally, when Celebrity Big Brother started. 
and couldn't help but draw a comparison between a group of people coming together in one household for the purposes of tension, disharmony and their entertainment, whilst another come together to find tranquility, harmony and peace. I know which one I would go for. Even God keeps abreast of technological developments, and I see that in doing research for this podcast, the monks have a website. You can find out more about them at www.chartreux.org, or better still, experience the film at Watershed. Mexican director Alejandro González Iñárritu burst onto our screens a few years ago with the furiously paced and ambitious Amoris Peros, which not only made a name for the director, but launched the career of that star Gabriel Garcia Bernal. The follow-up, 21 Grams, was equally ambitious, and now with Babel, we have the conclusion to a loose trilogy. I think of Inyaruta as a modern-day philosopher, searching for a theory of everything. I don't mean that in a flippant way. I've heard him talking about his films with such intensity and depth that you know he isn't just about making a throwaway piece of entertainment. These are deeply considered, passionately felt works, and Babel is really quite an extraordinary film. Six characters' lives from around the world, Morocco, America, Mexico, Japan, are all shown to be interrelated and interdependent in profound and dramatic ways. A sign of Inurito's success is that Babel is a film that stays with you long after you've left the cinema. It makes you think more about this crazy world we live in, I'm sure the monks would have approved. Babel opens on January 18 and runs through to February the 8th. In a similarly thought-provoking way, Ghosts is a dramatisation of the circumstances leading up to the deaths of the 23 Chinese cockle pickers in Morecambe Bay in 2004. A terrifying fate for those poor people who were drowned by the treacherous tides in that part of the UK. What a tragic event to feel you're escaping poverty in one part of the world, then for this to happen in another part. I was recently reminded about the Ferrari around United 93, the Paul Greengrass film about the tragic flight 9-11. And when it came out, there was a lot of controversy as to whether enough time had passed before dealing with such an event. How could one depict the tragic circumstances of these people's deaths? Ironically, I don't think ghosts will raise the same Ferrari, but their story deserves as much coverage and attention. And documentary filmmaker Nick Broomfield in making his first fiction film, I guess, a drama documentary, really pays testament to these people's lives. Last up is Old Joy, an independent American film, and, I have to admit, a film I haven't seen yet. But some of my colleagues extol its virtues, in the presence of Bonnie Prince Billy, and with music by Yola Tengo, its hip credentials are kind of stratospheric. I must get along and see it myself. If that has all sounded just a little bit earnest, then can I refer you to the following website? Slapstick.org.uk Because if you're unfortunate to miss this year's silent comedy festival, then you should be able to catch up some of the webcasts at the Slapstick website. And therein you'll see some of the star names that came to this year's festival, including comedian Paul Merton and ex-goodies Graham Garden and Tim Brooke Taylor. Plus, for those that remember even further back, the Bonzo Dog Duda Band's frontman, Neil Innes. Those webcasts should be available at the end of January. Thanks for listening. We'll provide these podcasts every month. Yeah, thank you and good night. <laughs>